Have you ever been asked, why does a person need to be a Christian? Well, usually if you're engaged in Bible study or talking with your co-workers or friends, this question may have come up. But why should a person become a Christian? Is that an important question? Does it really matter if a person's a Christian or not? Or is it the fact that the universal idea of salvation is true compared to what the Bible teaches? Of course, the universal idea is that really it doesn't matter what you believe, doesn't really matter what you do, that we're all going to end up in heaven. Well, Christ did not come to this earth to die on the cross so that everybody could just do what they wanted to do and then God would accept them. That would have been useless, wouldn't it? If that were the case, then Christ could have stayed in heaven. But the word Christian is a biblical term. And as we read through the book of Acts, we find in Acts the 11th chapter and verse 26 that the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So we, use that, so we use that word from a biblical perspective. Of course, the world oftentimes has a different view of that word. The idea may be, well, it's a religious person, a person who acknowledges Christ. But it's really more than that because that word Christian means something that only the Bible can explain and explain correctly. It is not left up to man to determine the definition of the word Christian. God has already determined that word. But we know when we look at Acts the 11th chapter that these disciples were called Christians. Well, they were disciples first. Well, what's a disciple? Now, you can have a generic definition of the word disciple to where one just follows someone else. But we look at the scriptures once again to get that definition of disciple. Because when the Bible talks about disciple and talks about it in the proper context, it's talking about those who were following Christ, or in some cases, in the very beginning, John, according to truth. Not according to some person's idea of truth, but according to God's truth. So that's the way we look at Christian today. The word Christian, actually, is when people follow what God has said. Now, a person can call themselves anything they want to. There's no law against that. But if we're going to talk about what a Christian is and the true definition, then we look to the Bible. We also must remember that... Being a Christian, of course the word coming from Christ, is one who follows Christ. But you can't be a disciple or a Christian if you're not following that which is correct. So this morning we're going to look at three points of why a person should be a Christian. It is unfortunate that many people are satisfied with what they believe to be correct. Rather than investigating, 
scriptures tell us to prove all things. Now, in the general sense, people do not want to be lied to. If you have a doctor, you don't, you don't want your doctor telling you something that's not true. Although that does happen sometimes, and hope most of the time it would be unintentional. But we don't want people telling us things that are wrong. But when it comes to the Bible and you try to explain to people about the Scriptures, oftentimes they take offense, get very defensive when it comes to religion. Whether they're really a practicing person as far as being uh, consistent in their going to worship, wherever it may be, or living a code of ethics, whatever, but it doesn't matter when it gets into the area of religion. People get very defensive if anything is said against what they believe. But if we want to be a Christian, and that's where we find, the Bible is where we find that, shouldn't we examine what the Scriptures say? Yes, we should. One of the main reasons that a person needs to be a Christian is to obey God. God has demanded obedience from the very beginning. From the time Adam and Eve were created and existed in the garden, God demanded obedience from them. God let them know what was okay and what wasn't. Because God is not an unjust God. God is not unloving in the sense that He would tell us to do something but not tell us what we need to do or be willing to judge us and yet he has not informed us on that which we're going to be judged. That's not God. And God has always been up front with man in what he wants. But one of the main reasons to become a Christian is to obey God. And most people who are religious want to obey God. At least they want to give that appearance. Because if man and all of those who really say they believe in God, if they really wanted to please God... We'd have to knock the walls out here to make room for people. But it comes from different ideas about what is acceptable to God and what is not. Many people say, well, you can do whatever you want as long as you're sincere. God just wants you doing something. Well, God wants you doing something, but it's following His Word. It's, it's not a matter of just going out doing something. It's like if you told your child to go clean up their room and they go out and cut the grass. <laughs> they went out and did something, but it wasn't what they were supposed to do. Solomon wrote, as recorded for us in Ecclesiastes 12th chapter and verse 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. And of course, the King James translators added that word duty there. So if, just take that word out and, and notice what it says. For this is the whole of man. This should be our whole essence. This should be who we are, people who want to serve God and those who are serving God. It's our duty. He says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. In other words, this is it. This is the bottom line. It's not fancy. It doesn't have a bunch of frills, a bunch of bells and whistles. It's just straightforward, simple. Obey God and keep His commandments. And of course, we know that Christ said that His commandments are not grievous. 
In other words, it's not burdensome to keep God's commandments. God would not expect something of us if we were not able to accomplish it. He would not command us to do something or expect something if there was, there was no way that we could accomplish it. God is a loving God. God gives us all the information that we need, it's right here, to live the life that He wants us to live. He has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. That's not hard. That's not complicated. But as Solomon says, it's the conclusion of the whole matter that we serve God. Keep His commandments. I made the comment to Brenda on the way in this morning how people live their lives as if there is no God. But if you ask them if they, you believe in God, they go, yes, I do. You believe in Jesus? Oh, I, I believe in Jesus. Well, where is your dedication? Where is your service? And then the reasons, if you were to ask someone that, would come forth. But we're to listen to God. And we're to listen to God, not only through His Word, but when Christ was on this earth, people were to listen to Him. As we talked about in our class a little bit, the, uh, the miracles that Jesus performed, He would tell people, and as we mentioned in it this morning, that Jesus says, listen to me. He says, I'm in the Father, and Father is in me. Listen to me. And if you're not going to listen to me, look at the miracles. So Christ was saying what God wanted Him to say. As a matter of fact, after Jesus was baptized, as recorded for us in Matthew 3 and verse 17, God said, This is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. So, there are people who will say, I believe in God, but Jesus is not the, the person He says He was. He was just a prophet. He was just a good person. Well, God says it was His beloved Son, and He commands us to hear Him. It's not a matter of opinion. It's not a matter of option. If we want to listen to God, we must listen to Christ. As recorded in John 12, verse 48, and mainly verse 49, Jesus said, For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, He gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. So Jesus is saying, I'm speaking what God told me to speak. But then God tells us to hear Christ, so we're obligated, and if we're going to keep God's commandments, we're going to listen to Christ. In the book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 30 and 31, we have Paul, and he's dealing with idolatry there, and and we understand the, the history behind all that. And as Paul went out and preached, he dealt with a lot of that, especially in the Gentile world. Uh, there were the gods that people would serve. But he says, as recorded for us in verses 30 and 31, In the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. So it's a command to repent. So if we want to be a Christian... We're going to have to obey God. You can't be a Christian and not obey God. You can't say, well, I'm going to follow God, but I'm going to continue to live this lifestyle. God doesn't mind. God wants me to be happy. That is a misconception a lot of people have about the truth and coming out of error. They say, well, God wants me to be happy. 
Well, God does want you to be happy, but in the right way. So we have the command to obey God, not only from God Himself, but through Christ. Now remember, back in the days that Christ walked this earth, the New Testament wasn't compiled yet. It wasn't written at that time. But yet the Old Testament Scriptures were written. Those Old Testament Scriptures were to be followed. And in those Scriptures, they were told many times to keep the commandments of God. Nothing changed when the uh, New Testament came along. A lot of people feel that it did. A lot of people feel that when the New Testament came along, that all of a sudden all these commandments and things went out the window and there are no commandments today except to love God. I've heard people say things like that. And it is sad because they don't read what the Bible says. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, that's very plain, first of all. He says, if you love me, do this. But what does he say? Keep the commandments, showing that there are things that are commanded for us. And if we want to be Christians, we want to be children of God, then we have to do it correctly. Because God's going to uproot every plant that He didn't plant. So it's very important to realize that obedience to God is the first step to becoming a Christian. Works hand in hand. A person needs to become a Christian and the reason why, they need to obey God. But why is obedience necessary? Why do we have to do what God says? Can't God just go ahead and let us have uh, heaven as our eternal home, even though we might not want to follow Him and we're more interested in this uh, f fleshly life than a spiritual life. Why would God not just go ahead and give us heaven? Well, the same reason that uh, we don't let our children just do whatever they want to and then still reward them. Of course, I know that does happen. <laughs> yeah. Some people don't understand about tough love. Although it wasn't tough when I was growing up, it was just the way it is. You know, if you didn't, if you didn't do what you were supposed to do, you didn't get the reward. <laughs> it is unfortunate that that's the case. But people treat God and obedience to God the same way. Well, God loves me. I'm not a bad person. I don't steal. I don't cheat. I don't lie. I'm nice to people I come in contact with. I work hard. So why would God condemn me? Because of disobedience. The verse we just looked at, the two verses, Acts 17, 30, and 31, the command there is to repent. Why? Because in verse 31 he says, because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness according to the man, Jesus Christ. Christ is going to be the judge. But God says there, He is, has already appointed a day when this world is going to end. And then we're all going to face judgment. God says, and it is a command to repent, which means to turn away from that which is wrong. He's not saying just make the statement, well, I'm sorry that I've done wrong. Repentance is not a confession. Repentance is a change. In other words, going in a different direction. A change of heart, a change of mind that results in a change of action. So, in order to go to heaven, you have to obey God. And one of the commandments is to repent. In other words, we've got to change. 
We can't do it our way. Many people will say, well, God will accept you as you are. Well, first of all, I'd, I'd like to know what is their definition of acceptance. Does that mean you have to change and do a whole bunch of stuff to come to God? Or you don't have to change and you can come to God. But not to change is to disobey God. So we must obey God. That is one of the reasons to become a Christian is to obey God because we can't do it any other way. We can't become a Christian to, to obey uh, and not obey God. So obedience is absolutely necessary in becoming a Christian. But in the process of this, the second point I want to make this morning is to become a member of the body to be saved. That's why we become a Christian, is to become a member of the body to be saved. Now, you will find, and I'm sure most of you have already, that when you're talking to people about salvation and you make statements from the Scriptures you're trying to teach, oftentimes they'll make a defensive statement like, well, who are you to tell me I'm saved or not saved? They want to turn it on you rather than listening to what is being said because they've already, for the most part, decided that they're going to be saved. And they'll say, well, who are you to tell me that I'm not saved? Well, you can't be saved if you're not a member of the body of Christ. The Bible teaches that very plainly. It's not complicated. We look at Ephesians 4 and verse 4, and of course those verses preceding and following, talking about the ones. We often refer to the ones of Ephesians. But in Ephesians 4, 4, we're taught there's only one body. There are not two bodies, three, four, multiple bodies. There is one body. If we drop down to verse 5, it says there is one baptism. Not a multiplicity of baptisms when it comes to salvation. Yes, we can study through the Scriptures and we can read about different types of baptism. But when Paul says here there's one baptism, he is talking about for salvation. It has been argued that that's a spiritual baptism rather than a baptism in water. I've run across that thought more than once. To where people say, well, how do you know that's a baptism in water? I believe it to be a spiritual baptism. Well, it is spiritual, but it's in water. That's what Paul is talking about. So we have one body, and Paul says there's one baptism. And then Paul says again in the Corinthian letter, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, that we're baptized by that one baptism into one body. There's no other way to get into it. There's only one body. Only one way to get in the body. As Galatians 3.27 says, that we're baptized into Christ. Well, now is that the same thing as the body? Yes, it is. We look at Colossians 1.18. And He is the head of the body, Christ being the head of the body, which is the church. Now, Paul is going to switch that around, flip-flop that around by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. 
and recorded for us in Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, he says, hath put all things under his feet, under Christ's feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. You cannot get around that. The body is the church, and the church is the body. How do you get into the body? You're baptized into the body. Well, what does that mean? It means that you're in the body of the saved. Acts 2.47 And the Lord added unto the church daily such as should be saved. Or as one translation says, those being saved. So if they're being added to the church, they're being saved, where is the saved? The saved is in the church. So to become a Christian, you have to be a member of the body. Because there's no other way around it. Why become a Christian? To obey God. <coughs> Excuse me. To become a member of the body because you cannot be saved out of the body. And third, to glorify God. Now, a lot of people do a lot of good works in the world. We don't deny that. We're thankful that people have a good heart and will help others. And rightfully speaking, our country helps a lot of other countries around the world, probably more than any other country, in many ways. But I'm glad people have a heart to help. We do what we can here. The church has a benevolence program. We do what we can to help people. And many people feel that just because they do good works, it's glorifying God. Now, yes, to a lot of people in the world, they would say, well, these are godly people and you know, they're showing good works and that's great. We see the glory of God. But God wants people bringing glory to Him the right way. In Romans 15 and verse 6, and we got into that area a little bit this morning in class in Romans 14, uh, Paul is dealing with attitudes. He's dealing with problems in the church. They were, there were divisions among people, especially in the church at Corinth. But Paul was trying to get people to realize they needed to be united. And in verse 6 of Romans 15, he says, "...that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God." Because they were not going to bring glory to God if they were bickering among themselves, not together, different divisions but by being in harmony with the truth and showing the world that they were the church, that they were God's children, they would bring glory to God's name. And that's what we need to, to realize in our lives, the fact that what we do brings glory to God's name. Now, will there be much accomplished by people that are not Christians going out and doing good? Absolutely. But what really brings glory to God? How does God want glory brought to Him? Through the right channels, through His Word, His people, His children, going out and doing those things that will bring glory to His name. Paul tells us that whatever we do, whatever we eat or drink, whatever we do, we do to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 
We cannot glorify God properly if we are not children of God. Yes, there will be benefits to mankind through the goodness of others. But ask yourself, how does God want it done? Would He rather have those people doing it out of the body of Christ or in the body of Christ? Well, natural answer is in the body of Christ. And as we see what Jesus said, as recorded for us in Matthew, the fifth chapter, and of course this is uh, the Sermon on the Mount, the fact that let your light so shine that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now that's not bringing glory to us. We should not go out and do good to have people pay us the homage and say how great we are. Some of the greatest good has been done with people who are flying under the radar, not trying to draw any attention to themselves. They quietly go about doing good. And Jesus tells us to go out and to let our light shine. In other words, be the Christian that you should be. Be what a Christian is. Do good. And when we do that, that brings glory to God's name. Now, there are a lot of other reasons to become a Christian. But I think these three are very important. The ultimate goal is to get to heaven. And we can't get to heaven if we're not doing what God says. So therefore we have to obey God. And God tells us to become Christians. He tells us to obey the gospel. That's how a person becomes a Christian, obeying the gospel. And we know Paul says that those who don't obey the gospel, those who know, don't know God, are not going to spend eternity in heaven. He says they'll suffer eternal destruction. So as we look at being a Christian, when we go out and talk to people, we try to have Bible studies, we might want to bring up important reasons why being a Christian is the right thing to do. And to help them to know what to do. A lot of people in this world are lacking in knowledge about the Bible. And much doubt has been cast on the Bible as far as whether it's a book to be followed, whether it's God's Word. Of course, proper study, honest study, will show that this is God's Word. And in this Word, we're told to obey the Gospel. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16, 16. That gospel includes, although we know the core definition of the word gospel, it includes everything that Christ taught. And he taught being a Christian by hearing the word of God, by believing the word of God, by repenting, by confessing Christ publicly and being baptized for the remission of sins. That's all in the scriptures, and it is correct. If you find yourself not having done those things, you need to change. You need to obey the gospel. We encourage you to do that. But as a child of God, if you need to respond this morning, in some way we pray that you'll come as we stand and sing.